Okay, three, two, one. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Be Heard Podcast. I hope you're all well and you're taking care of yourself in every sense, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, so today I'm going to talk about a topic that's quite near and dear to my heart and that's neurodivergent assistance dogs. Now, quite a lot of people, especially in the UK, don't fully understand what an assistance dog is because there's a huge misconception that only type of assistance dog or dog of public access is a guide dog and that's quite a misunderstanding it's actually the other way around a guide dog is a type of assistance dog and mine's right here with his head on my lap right now so what is an assistance dog it's kind of a it's a good place to start isn't it so an assistance dog is any animal any any dog um of any breed prefer not on the dangerous dogs list obviously um who is trained to mitigate their handler's disability or if it's a parent the child's disability or they mitigate a medical condition or disability in some guys they will have be tasked trained to do so so that's quite an important piece of information and obviously they can't be being a nuisance they can't be pulling them all around the shop knocking things over barking being aggressive, anything like that, but they need to be able to mitigate a disability. That is the access rights. And people think that it's the dog that has the access rights and actually it's the person. Um, so under UK law, we have the Equality Act. Um, the Equality Act 2010, which means no one can discriminate against you for age, race, gender, sexual orientation, disability, anything, age, anything. Um, so you then are protected as a disabled person. An assistance dog under UK law has the same access right as a pair of glasses, a cane to a wheelchair. So how can assistance dogs help the neurodiverse population? Mine's been very cute. Should we get him up? Okay, up, 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 up. He's like, no, oh, not quite tall enough. So you see, here he is down here being a really good boy. Um, how can assistance dog help the neurodiverse population? Well, he, there's a lot of things. And I don't just have autism. I have mental health problems as well, as well as physical health problems. So my assistance dog, although he does primarily help with my autism, he doesn't just help with my autism, but an assistance dog that just helps with autism is equally as valid. So, and for me, Ben does a wide variety of things. Firstly, on the worst days when I'm burnt out, I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed, I don't want to get out of bed, whether I like it or not, I need to get out of bed for him. Even if that's just to walk him, feed him and go back to bed, that's okay. But he makes me have to do something. More often than not, if I get up to do something for him, I'm up then and then I just carry on. But it breaks that thing of I've, got, I've just got to get out of bed. And that's really helpful. The other thing is, he's my consistency and confidence. I often refer to him as my confidence at the end of a leash. Um, he means the world to me in that respect because he, no matter what, no matter where I am, whether I'm in London or university or my local science park working or if I'm just shopping, he is there and he will not let anything bad happen to me. That is that is my safety net. I know for a fact he won't let anything really hurt me. 
so that, that it's a comfort blanket to a major extent but ben can also un detect when i'm going to have a meltdown sorry it's morning coffee time he can understand my meltdowns more than i do sometimes and he can kind of let me know that there's that you're getting a bit stressed here mom you, you you're struggling to hold it together and then he will quite simply calm me down if we're at home he'll just sit on me and just wait till i calm down if we're in public he will try and get me out of that situation to calm me down and sometimes that's deep pressure therapy which is where he uses his entire body weight to lo lower my heart rate basically or depending on what it is if it's more like a panicky episode he will use his head to bring my heart rate down just feel like like he was before with his head here and he'll just fiddle with his ears and it does it feels really nice like really nice it's like okay i'm not on my own he's here so they are, there is a multitude of benefits and also he's almost a communication aid and i know that sounds strange because often you think of a communication aid you think of a tablet and you press it or cards or whatever i have this thing that worse comes to worst i can just talk about the dog it's an e it's an easy segue into a conversation for me um i can talk about ben all day every day sometimes people say oh you're gonna talk about ben again like probably what have you brought ben now yeah probably um but that's okay um it's kind of funny actually um but it's worth noting that although most of the stuff he does can't be seen by most people he has changed my life with so far so so far that you wouldn't actually believe but there are pros and cons like there are to everything um and i am not the biggest person saying assistance dog is for everyone because i don't think they are and i think it's people like oh i could take my dog everywhere and i'm like yeah but do you want the conditions that go along with that I'm like no and i'm like no i didn't think you did um, but there are pros and cons and there are a few things that people need to consider, especially if you're on the autism spectrum or have any other communication problem or you're not the most confident person in the world. And I don't mean that as in confident, like going out and I mean confident in standing up for yourself. And it's something that I am very grateful for Ben because he's taught me how to do this or the situations we have been in together have taught us how to do this. So, firstly, the major pros. He's makes, he's increased my self-belief and confidence. He's got me through higher education. He's allowed me to step outside my comfort zone more than I ever would have before I used, used him in public access. He's helped me stay in situations that I felt overwhelmed in. He's helped me go to London. He's increased my communication skills. He's increased my resilience in a lot of ways. But there are cons to having an assistance dog. And quite a lot of them will probably surprise you. Um, majorly, the a major issue is access refusal. And this used to happen quite often 
but now I've kind of educated people and if you go into the bigger chains they tend to understand it um but it's understanding that it's okay for them to say is that an assistance dog that's fine when I was like yes he is and then that's often enough but sometimes you'll get people that say well you don't look disabled and I'm like there's such thing as hidden disabilities do have we not learned this yet but I can't say that because it's not polite and said well I do have medical conditions I, I don't have to disclose them to you um he is here he will not touch anything he's just here for me and sometimes that's enough and other times it's you can't bring that dog in here and I always have as a fail safe a law card in my bag um if they're not listening or I bring up the equality commission thing I kind of have it saved on my phone but access refusal is a big thing but there is a benefit to it is it it teaches you to advocate for yourself and your rights and who you are um quite often people say oh I've never heard of an assistance dog for that that's not a guide dog and that kind of opens up a different conversation and a quite a healthy one about disabilities and how dogs can detect all sorts of things and how they can help a overwhelmed kid calm down how they can almost be an anchor I don't agree with tethering dogs to children but if your child gets overwhelmed and runs away if the dog being there and then down to just touch him calms them down enough that is a major advantage and I mean that from the bottom of my heart because it does mean that your child is learning to regulate their emotion so it, you open up a conversation and then you're helping the next person which kind of feels quite nice in a strange way as well as a multitude of different things the other con is people coming up and petting them without asking it's the bane of every assistance dog handler's life it annoys me it drives me crazy and I do get to a point where I just say, will you please not? I will be polite. And then it gets like five o'clock at uni and I'm like, no. Like it says, stop, no touch, no talk, no eye contact. It's not difficult. Um, and that can be quite difficult and you have to advocate for yourself. Hello, Danny. Um, and you have to be able to say, look, I'm sorry, no. And you've got to be prepared for them to be mad at you for that. But that's okay. You're in every right to sell that person no you cannot and then that's it if they don't if they want to be mad let them be mad but you're if you're like for me a few months ago I was having a really bad day at university I had a lot of bad days last semester and he was actively doing deep pressure therapy and I was kind of had my headphones on much like I do now and I was just trying to bring my bring myself back to zero or as near as damn to zero as I could get um and this person came up and stroking him was like oh aren't you a good boy don't you love your mummy and he didn't even take them on because he knew like I just I I was like he's like why are they ignoring me and I'm like I love dogs does he not know that I love dogs he said so I tried to say in the nicest way when I was already feeling overwhelmed it's not about that it's about the fact that I'm really struggling right now and I need him and I need him to watch me and make sure that I'm okay. That's why he's ignoring you. It's not that he doesn't want the attention because he is a fuss part if I let him be. And people are like, oh, but he can't get that bad in a couple of minutes. Well, no, maybe I can't, but someone who's about to have an epileptic seizure could. 
or someone who's about to have a blood glucose change to a dangerous level could. And you got to be mindful that people don't understand and it's your job, really, to act as a billboard and to educate people. And if you're not confident enough to do that or you don't feel resilient enough to do that or you don't think you have the communication skills yet to do that, I'm not saying don't get a dog and I'm not saying don't train them to be an assistance dog or train them to help you. But I'm saying you might want to use them more at home and not use them as public access because then you're still getting the benefit of having the dog and doing those three things around the house, but you're not putting yourself in a more uncomfortable situation. And I think people have rose-tinted glasses about getting an assistance dog and it's not all it's sprayed out to be. Ben and I are a success story. There's many that aren't. The one further drawback that needs people need to be aware of that my life and his are intertwined. And if someone says something nasty about my dog, like I've had loads of issues recently with international students at university who in their culture, dogs are dirty, dogs are scary, dogs are dangerous. And some dogs are all of these things. Well, never dirty. They're more clean than humans more often than not, unless a human's treated them badly. But that's a sideline. That's a different conversation. Um, but it's worth noting that people don't understand and in their culture, dogs are dirty and all these things. And that can lead to hate towards the dog, but it comes across as it's to you because people's like, oh, they're just saying it about your dog. And I'm like, no, no, me and him, we're one and the same by law and by my heart. Um, so you've got to be prepared to take some hate and that's you've got to be comfortable in your own skin to say, oi. And I'm more often than not, I'll just smile and say, oh, thank you, bye. And just go, Rrr. but I, you can't get away with that all the time. And that is how it is. But having an assistance dog can do such amazing things. But what I'm encouraging anyone that's looking at getting an assistance dog is to think about the whole picture the cost, the time, the energy, the, the communication, the, the whole thing. Because it's, although it's nice to have that comfort blanket and the deep brush therapy and the, the everything, you've got to look at the whole picture. Does a dog fit in your lifestyle? Is it fair for that dog to live where you live? Are you living in a shared house? Do you not have a back garden? Do, do you not have the time? Do you... Do you not have funds for insurance? Do you have the time to sit into the vets? And that's all things that need to be considered. It's not just the public access. There's everything that goes in behind that. And I'll be honest, I have a saying in my house, if it's not if it's not got dog care on it, then it's not mine. Um, but that's who I am as a person. So yeah, I'm more than happy to answer any of your assistance dog questions. I'll leave my email and my Facebook below. Um, I'm not a trainer, but I can, I've trained him myself. That's another misconception. Um, but I do understand the workings of assistance dog law and being a handler at a young age and the issues that may cause. Um, but yeah, anything I can do to support you in either making the decision or advocating for yourself, I am more than happy to help. Um, my assistance dog changed my life and I wouldn't have it any other way. So I hope you guys have a good week and I shall speak to you soon. Thanks for listening.